What's up and welcome back to the Secret Sauce Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Swing, and I'm really excited about my guest today. So I have to just tell you, I'm just going to tell you, my guest today is Leo Chan, and Leo is currently the Chief Innovation and Creativity Officer for Abound Innovation. But before that, he spent over three years with Chick-fil-A at the Support Center as a Senior Innovation Lead. And you may be asking, Josh, what does that mean? Well, Leo helped redesign the hatch into what it is today. If you've been on a tour of the Support Center recently, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, just think Disney World for creative thinking. You enter into this really unique space and environment that they've created there on the campus of Chick-fil-A that ideas just start popping into your head. You can't even help it as you're walking around in the hatch. On top of that, he did an extensive amount of one-on-one coaching for innovative thinking with all Support Center staff. So it's safe to say this guy knows a thing or two about innovating. I wanna take a quick journey with you. If you'll go back with me to childhood, imagine hopping in the minivan after school on a Friday and mom announcing we're headed to Blockbuster. The car just erupts with cheering and you get to go pick out some movies and grab a candy at Blockbuster. You spend the weekend watching it. You go back to school on Monday, bragging to all your friends about what you got to do. If you've personally experienced that, if you've personally been to Blockbuster growing up, you'd know that they were at the top of the entertainment industry. And all of a sudden, they disappeared overnight thanks to this little thing called Netflix. Well, Blockbuster failed to pursue what was next. And because of that, they are now what I just described, a fading memory. Well, Leo today, he's going to make sure that me and you, we don't become the next blockbuster. So we're gonna dig into some practical ways that you can be a generator of new ideas in the pursuit of a better future. Let's dive in. I could not be more excited about our episode today on the show. Actually, I have to give a shout out first to our good friend, Kathleen Spangler. If you listen to Kathleen's episode a couple episodes back, you'll know that a part of Kathleen's secret sauce is connecting other purpose-driven people. And that being a big part of what brings her joy and how she positively influences others. And because Kathleen is actively living out her secret sauce, we now get the chance as an audience to get to hear more about Leo Chan's secret sauce. Leo, thank you so much for joining the show today. Welcome to the secret sauce. Hey, Josh. Hey, everyone. I'm so honored to be here. I'm looking forward to the conversation. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's a standing question here on the podcast, Leo, and it has to do with sauce, actual sauce on the menu, (laughs) not your secret sauce. And I know a big part of your story is you spent some time at at 5200 there at Inc., And probably ate lunch regularly there in the cafeteria and leveraged a lot of the Chick-fil-A sauces. But if you could only pick one, you only get to eat one sauce for the rest of the time that you're here on this earth. What sauce are you going with? I'm going with the Chick-fil-A original sauce. It's my favorite. I always ask for like hundreds of them every time at the restaurant because I need it on my sandwich. I need it in the sandwich. I need it to dip with my sandwich and I need it for all my waffle fries. So uh, Chick-fil-A original sauce, that's the one I'm going with. <laughs> yeah. In the same camp as you, Leo, I regularly nice, get asked by team members, Hey, would you like to buy a bottle because of the amount of sauce that I ask for? So no shame 
and maximizing the sauce to food ratio here. Leah, are you familiar with how Chick-fil-A sauce came to be? Not completely. I know that it started with an operator, but I don't know the whole origin story. It was actually created by accident. A team member mixed a couple of sauces together. They found out that it tasted good. And (laughs) you probably know the story from there. I think that they started selling it on the side and then, you know, Chick-fil-A Inc. caught caught wind of it. And now it's blown up into a really worldwide phenomenon. Like there's people from all over the world that are posting about Chick-fil-A sauce, which is so cool. And rightly so, because it's amazing and delicious and it should be on everything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the fact that it was the byproduct of innovation and pioneering is going to set us up well for what we're going to be talking about today. And my next question for you, Leo, would be, what is Leo's secret sauce? So as you think about uh, the unique way that you're wired and how how you add value to other people and how you strive to maximize the positive influence that you have, I'd love to hear what you would label as Leo's secret sauce for how you do those things. First of all, I deeply care about people. You know, I think working at 5200 was a blessing for me because part of the mission statement is to have a positive influence on all that you have come in contact with. And that's a personal part of my story. Like I've always wanted to help people and empower them. And I think what's unique about me now is that the way I do that was teaching people how to be innovators and leveraging their God-given skills and gifts in new ways and, and really leveraging that in their life. And it's a transformation story. And so I love helping people find that creativity that dwells within them and helping them be unleashed. And so it's it's so meaningful for me. And it, it honestly, it, it makes me happy and <laughs> blessed and thankful that I get to do this type of work. There's capacity for innovation in everybody. Would you say that yeah. you subscribe to that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Everybody can be an innovator. Everybody has the potential and the, I think the DNA to, to think differently about their work and, and apply it. Mm. The common misconception can be, oh, I'm just not a creative person or I'm not yeah. an ideas person. I also know that you're a big fan of the growth mindset. What mm. would you say to the listener out there that's that's hearing that we're going to be talking about innovation today. And maybe they're like contemplating right now, tuning out because they wouldn't label themselves an ideas person or a creative person. Yeah. And honestly, that's really common. I hear it all the time. People will tell me two things. Leo, I'm not an innovator and Leo, I'm not creative. And I've had people that are creative say they're not innovators. And I've had people that are innovators call them not creative, which is so interesting to me. And I think it roots in the fact that there's all this misinformation about what innovation is. So the way I define innovation now is creating a new future. And I bet all of us, everyone listening to this podcast today has created a new future in some form or fashion in their life, whether that's doing it at home, whether that's something at work, they've thought about hey, I'm not liking current state and there's probably a better way to do something. And I can envision what that is and make that into reality. You know, if if you've improved a process as simple as that, or maybe you're a chef and you don't like how something tastes and you were able, like going back to this Chick-fil-A sauce, you mixed and matched something and you created a new flavor or new taste. You know, there's 
innovation and creativity is implied in so many more ways than we realize. And it's because we think it's really big, you know, creativity, we tend to think in the arts, the fine arts, right? So like music or dance or writing. And then, so if we don't do those forms, then we're like, oh, I'm not creative. But creativity is, is manifested and expressed in so many different ways. Fine arts is a way, but it's not the only way. And same with innovation, it's, ex it's expressed in so many different ways. So anyone listening today has the potential to innovate if they so desire. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that. I've got young kids and we tend to watch movies on repeat with mm. a four-year-old and a three-year-old. And right now the movie that's on re repeat is Ratatouille. And there's a famous nice. line. Uh, it's a great Pixar movie, but love it. Uh, one of the famous lines in the movie is Gusto, who's like the world-renowned chef. His tagline is anyone can cook or anybody yep. can cook. It just reminds me of that. And you say, anybody can innovate. Anybody has the capacity to, if you'll lean in and recognize that there are so many diverse ways yeah. to be able to innovate. You don't have to be a singer songwriter to be able to be creative. That's you can do that I, I, I really love Josh that you brought up Ratat too, because I love that film. And I've always thought anybody could cook. I, sh I need to like rebrand that as anyone can innovate and sing it and make a musical song out of it. Because it, I, I always thought that was a beautiful message from that film. It's one of my favorite Pixar films. Anyone can innovate is truly what I believe. So, um, and, and actually there's a really cool, if you don't know about the Ratatouille TikTok musical, it's a really cool, I like to call it actually like an innovation story because it talks about an incredible collaboration that ha happened during the pandemic. And so if you haven't heard about the, the Ratatouille TikTok musical, Google it, watch it on YouTube. It was an incredible story of innovation and how it came, to, came together during the pandemic with incredible collaboration from people all around the world. So cool. I am going to Google it as soon as yes. we finish this conversation and I'll do everyone else that's listening to this one better. I'll include the link in the episode description. So it'll be easier for them to find. You don't even have to Google nice. it. You can just click open on your phone and scroll down to the episode description and it'll be right there for you. Yes. So that's awesome. I love the plug there. Leo, <laughs> I want to, I want to share with the audience a little bit of your story. Traditionally on this, on this podcast, we have a lot of owner operators. Okay and different roles within the restaurant. And I know that your role within Chick-fil-A was pretty unique and really the first of its kind when you came onto the scene at Chick-fil-A Inc. But tell me a little bit about Leo, who Leo is, and then what led you to Chick-fil-A. I'd love to even hear maybe like the origin story of your introduction to Chick-fil-A, Leo. Yeah. And then what your role looked like through Chick-fil-A. And I imagine I'll probably be asking you questions here throughout as you're sharing some of this story. I have a graphic design degree. And so I actually was always kind of interested in technology growing up. I actually, my origin story, I call it based on Star Trek. So I watched Star Trek, the next generation growing up as a kid. And what that show really taught me was that anything is possible. You can, you can boldly go into the future and create something new. This is innovation to me and just, you know, be explorers and pioneers and go out there. So I've always been curious with that sort of concept. And I grew up when the internet started becoming a thing and I became fascinated with the technology, but so I started making websites, but what I started really loving was the, the graphic side, the graphical side of it. So long story short, I went to graphic design. I ended up in corporate at State Farm Insurance in, the, in Canada and two and a half years into my role there, they said, hey, we're gonna move our best talent to the United States. 
So I put my hand up, they selected me and down I went with my wife to Illinois. We went to the Midwest and farm uh, cornfields. And the year that we moved, State Farm launched their innovation department. So it was, I say it's the, the, the way the Lord led, but uh, you know, it's not happenstance, but it was, it was coincidental that I moved the same year they launched their innovation department. And I went to a lunch and learn. I was like, what is this? Like, this is this is me. Like, this is creativity. It's thinking of the future. It's seeing it come into reality. It's, you it can use technology. Like it was everything that I felt like I really enjoyed, like all my interests and passions. So I basically joined that organization after I led it to your project and I just fell in love with innovation. It was like the best thing ever. And so I was there doing really cool stuff as a product innovator at State Farm. And around the four year mark, when we moved from a big city, Toronto to a small town in the U.S., my wife and I are like, it's like not a lot of culture in this small town. Would love to get back to a larger city. So at the time, I was like, I would like to still be in innovation. And it just so happened that Chick-fil-A had a position for a person to help make innovation better. And my only experiences with Chick-fil-A at that time. So this is a great story about uh, a team, a restaurant in Peoria, Illinois. There's a restaurant in Peoria, Illinois. And my wife and I one time go there. We, we go there and it's raining cats and dogs. We're like, I have no umbrella. We're going to get drenched. But a team member walked out, two of them walked out and had umbrellas for us and then brought us into Chick-fil-A. We were bone dry. And I was like, what just happened here? <laughs> and then after we had our meal, same thing. They walked us back to our car bone dry. And I was like, what just happened here? And so I always had this impression about Chick-fil-A, like incredible food, but that always stuck with me because I'm like, I've never experienced something like that in my life. Like maybe if I was at a five-star hotel, maybe that would happen, but like a fast food restaurant, like, so that impression always stuck with me. And so when I saw this position at Chick-fil-A, I was like, oh, cool. Like I love food, love food industry. I remember that story and I started researching about Chick-fil-A and then I found the corporate purpose. And then I was like, I, I would, I really wanted the job so bad, Josh. I'm All like, in. it's an innovative. <laughs> job. The corporate purpose is aligned with my personal beliefs. Like I'm like, like, let's go. Like if food's if delicious. Have, if food's, I'm like, if they will have me, please let's make this happen. So, you know, thankfully I, you know, they, they selected me and I moved to Atlanta to, to join Chick-fil-A to help with innovation. That's so cool. Explain to the audience what that means in particular. Many of the listeners have maybe visited the support center before and taken the tour of it and may have seen some things like hatch and the hatch and nest, um, but many probably have not. So do you mind explaining what Chick-fil-A looked like as you stepped into that innovation role and even how it's grown and adapted into what exists now from an innovation perspective? The sell to me was like, Hey, we're at innovation 1.0 and we would love to reimagine what innovation 2.0 looks like. And so they were looking for like an outside person that had outside innovation experience to bring in and really almost like, it was like they were open to anything like, hey, how do we make the pro our process better? How do we make it, it like literally everything? And I was like, that sounds so exciting to me. I'm like, I think I could help with that. And, you know, it's really cool how the Lord kind of knit that together for me personally, because like I mentioned earlier, I love helping people with things. I like to empower people. It's always been part of me as, as a human being ever since I was a kid. I always like to help people get to the next thing. And that became innovation because Chick-fil-A had a core value called we pursue what's next. And they said to everybody, hey, you're an innovator. And I'm someone who's highly pragmatic and practical. So I'm like, I really love that sentiment. But do, do all the employees really know that? And so it became almost like my job or my mission to be like, I want to make that true here. 
And so I kind of took in my graphic design background, my creativity, um, what I learned at State Farm as a product integrator. I'm like, what made me successful? And I had the ability to then go and teach people. It was like a complete blank canvas for me. I was able to do lots of things. And when I joined, Chick-fil-A actually had an established innovation process. So I walked into something really incredible. And they also had something called Hatch, which is a 30,000 square foot innovation center for innovation. And so I had all these assets to play with and it was my job to kind of level it up. And so I actually had the, the pleasure of redesigning Chick-fil-A's innovation center because I thought I could make it better. <laughs> I kind of came in and I was like, if, if we involved like the training, if we actually teach people how to innovate at Hatch, that would actually level up this ability to innovate. And so I changed it from like a prototyping lab to a, a both a training lab and a doing lab. And so that was some of the, the footprint that I left. So if you've been at Hatch in the past from 2018 until now, some of the work that I, I did was you'll see it, you'll, you'll walk through it, that, that kind of whole space. So it's uh it's super cool. If you haven't had the opportunity to go visit and see it, you need to go do it. It's there's like swings and an airstream yeah. and I, all kinds those of are my request. <laughs> <laughs> Even the design of it, there's a lot of things in there that you wouldn't naturally think would be a corporate office. Right. And a big part of that is how there's certain elements that unlock our ability to think. Yeah. And it yeah. ties into another big passion of yours. And Kathleen actually mentioned this because it's also she's she's on fire about it too. Lego serious play. And so I'd love to hear your take on that, just the unlocking of the mind, the ability to think and how that plays out. I think it's really critical to think about how our environment affects our creativity. And so if you, so Josh, you've seen Hatch, I designed, there's a room called Imagine in Hatch, which is really around idea generation and brainstorming. And I wanted it to be a kind of a whimsical place where when you go in there, like anything is possible. So I, I had the designers create like this light tunnel that you literally walk under and go into. And I always like to tell people we are leaving like the world, the known world, and we're going into the world of possibilities. So you literally go through a physical transition. And once you get in there, there is an airstream and there's grass and there's swings and there's these lights in the ceiling that are, they're supposed to be clouds. And it's, it's really, to help your mind get into like, hey, we're going somewhere new, we're, we're exploring, you know, and we don't look enough into our actual environments. You know, if we, a lot of times we want to brainstorm and we're like in these corporate rooms with low ceilings, bad lighting, we're boxed in, like it's not really helpful for our creativity. And so adding things like color and textures and lighting and all these types of things actually start to help us think creatively. And so, that room has tons of tools that help with that and tying to Lego series play. Lego series play is an incredibly powerful tool to think differently. And we need to actually help our brains think differently because our brains like to think the same. We love the status quo. We love to be comfortable and we love to do things the way we've done things in the past because, well, first of all, it brought us to where we are today. So, you know, it helps us to be successful. And second of all, it's just easier to keep it going that way, right? But we, if when we want to think differently, there are ways that we can do that. And leveraging something like Lego Serious Play will do that. And I always have one on my desk. So if the podcast listeners actually see the video recording of this, Lego Serious Play uses this Lego system to help adults, not children, help adults think differently. And instead of talking, you build models like this about around different prompts and it will actually help unlock all sorts of really cool stuff in you. So 
Lego series play is one of my favorite uh, things to talk about because it's not utilized as much as it could be. And would adult, which adults do not like using Lego to use Lego. And, and this is not just for fun. It is for business outcomes. You will actually get to something greater and better using Lego as your vehicle. Mm. If you tell me that you don't like playing with Legos, then I think you're lying. Everybody loves <laughs> right. playing with Legos. They just That's may right. be too scared to admit it. There's a couple of things that you said there that were very applicable. I believe that success can be very dangerous. Like you talked about, our brain has the tendency to want to work in the same way. And I know that experiencing success can be the biggest limiting factor to our future success because we fall into the trap of, oh, well, this way of doing things got me here. So I should just double down and keep doing things the exact same way. But in reality, the things that got you to that success that you experienced likely will not get you to that next thing. You're going to have to change things and do things differently if you want to see the next level of success. And so what a great way to do that. I think something that we could all take away, maybe you don't have Legos on your desk right now, or maybe you don't have this super cool office space to get outside of your your typical environment. But what would you recommend to uh, the person who maybe doesn't have some of those things, Leo, how would you encourage them to still get into spaces where they can unlock their mind and think more creatively? We always kind of result back to the way we've done it in the past. But if you want to start thinking differently, so let's say that the, the restaurant staff that you have, you want to do something different. The easiest thing you can do is go outside. Like if you're going to have a meeting and you want to like, hey, let's create some ideas, go outside, go to the park. You know, these are all free things that you can do. And that very fact disrupts our norm. And so it can, you know, then that means there's, when you're in a different environment, there's more inspiration. There's different things that you see that might spark something. So just going outside will help tremendously change your environment, go to the park. I was at a conference many years ago and they did a, they did a research study on going like nature and creativity. And I don't remember all the details, but what I do remember was that they sent basically people were outside or in nature for like three days. They come back to the work. And they literally found that they were 50% more creative than prior to going outside for three days. I don't I have no idea what they did outside, but th- that's shocking to, to me when you think about it. Like we just hung out in the nature for three days and we were more yeah. 50% more creative. I'm like, that's worthwhile as an exercise to do. So getting out, getting up, going outside and actually walking is actually good for your creativity too. If you just you don't, if you just start walking and talking like that is really helpful because then your mind doesn't have to do that much, you know, it can pull in inspiration from different things. So those are really two quick things that anybody can do. Get up, walk around, go outside and yeah. see what, see what happens from there. Everybody has an outside. Everybody's going <laughs> to You can walk outside the next meeting, whether it's brainstorming or whatever type of meeting it is, I'd encourage all of our listeners to take it outside, go do a lap around yeah. the parking lot or whatever that looks like Yeah, here in Alabama, it's like a hundred degrees. So you may sweat a little bit, but maybe it's a quick lap and then head back inside. Yeah. I want to make sure that we have some time here, Leo, to talk about some of the work that you've done. And I know you did a lot of this one-on-one when you were at the Chick-fil-A Support Center and it's continued now. You're doing a lot of work with teams and doing keynote speeches and things like that to help people in their innovation journey what are some of the practical things? If you're if you're giving the audience today some go and do's, 
here's some exercises you could do, or here's some ways that you could think about things that would help you continue to grow and, and challenge you to more, what would some of those things be? The work that I do now is I do work with teams and organizations to help them think more innovatively. And so, again, we talked about this earlier, like it seemed I always saw, saw innovation as this mystical beast that only like special people could have. It's like the wizard. Right. And the reality is, it's that it's a learnable, teachable skill set and mindset that anybody can learn with the right teacher, with the right person that can show you the way. And so what I'm thankful for I do not like not being with Chick-fil-A anymore, but something I'm grateful for having my business now is that I've had the time to spend to really think about how can I teach innovation concepts to people in a practical way that will really literally move the needle for them. So some of the work that I did at Chick-fil-A was working one-to-one. So Kathleen was one of my innovation coaches and I trained her on everything I knew about innovation. We hung out lots one-to-one. It was incredible. And, you know, I'm still friends with Kathleen to this day, of course, but now I've had the chance to formalize that in in a curriculum that I can bring and teach organizations. And so I've had a lot more time to think deeply about this and now can teach it and deliver it in new ways. And so, you know, one of the practical things that people can do, you know, we always want new ideas, right? Like, how do I think outside the box? We always kind of hear this phrase and then nobody teaches us how to do that. And so I can give you a technique that I made up (laughs) during the pandemic, which is a lot of fun. And I call it worst idea ever. (laughs) So (laughs) this is a lot of fun. So the way this works is let's just say you want new ideas about any, doesn't matter what topic, let's just say it's training, okay? The first thing that you want to do is you want to come up with literally the worst ideas you can literally think of to solve the problem. So if we were talking about training in the restaurant, Josh, I could ask you, what are your worst ideas that you could think of for training in the restaurant? And some prompts that I like to give is I want you to think illegal. I want you to think dangerous. I want you to think, you know, what would send you to the HR department and they would talk to you or, you know, the operator, maybe they'll fire you. Like what would get you in trouble literally if you were to do this, get posted on social media, something you don't want your mom to see, you know, like yeah. all the things, right? Yeah. And, and so this should actually be fun because you can come up with all sorts of crazy ideas. And once you have a really good list of really terrible things that you would never do, you look at them and you'd be like, what's the opposite of that thought? Or, and it doesn't necessarily need to be the literal opposite, but what's sort of the thematic opposite of that? And so by going into like what you would never go into, you can come up with some really cool ideas yeah. from that. And it's lots of fun. <laughs> Here's... Because yeah. There's you know, like you saying that, like I was going through the exercise in my mind. I immediately thought like, oh, what if we put shock collars on people and like <laughs> zap them every time that they did something wrong within training right. to when they, they learn the right way, like negative reinforcement. And yeah. you walk through that. I was like, oh, wait, positive. Re- like, what if we just celebrated the heck out of everybody that did yeah. even the smallest thing right along the way in their training journey and it helped motivate and inspire them? to maximize the time that they're having in training, whatever that looks like. So it worked for me, even as I was walking through it. It's so good. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no. I mean, but that's that's exactly how that works. So it's a really fun tool. And and what happens is when we come together and we want to generate new ideas, it's actually somewhat terrifying too, because like nobody actually wants the bad idea, right? Like I don't want to come into the meeting and be like, today I'm going to offer the worst idea possible. Nobody's going to like it. And that's the end of the story, right? Like we have a fear about that. And so getting it off our chests to start is beautiful because then all the pressure has gone. And then we could just enjoy 
creating a new future, coming up with new ideas and seeing where it goes. So that tool in and of itself, if you start just using that, it'll transform how you're thinking about things for sure. Dr. Tim Elmore is a generational specialist. It's tied to Chick-fil-A in a lot of ways. He said, if millennials had FOMO, the fear of missing out, Gen Z has FOMU, which would be the fear of messing up is what we're mm. seeing a lot with younger mm. leaders. And yeah. you just spoke into that, Leo, with you talking about whenever you come into a meeting, this isn't just applicable to Gen Z, it's applicable to everybody, but you, yeah. you never want to be the person that has the idea that gets laughed at, right? Or people yeah. think this, this idea is dumb, but it takes all of the pressure out of the room and out of the situation when you can say, give us your worst ideas. Like we're going to yeah. actually you know, cultivate all of the worst ideas. So everybody bring one. And then no longer do people have the fear of being the person who's messing up or not saying the right thing. They're actually encouraged to, and it leads to something positive. Man, I love that exercise. That's a that's a super practical thing that we could do in our in whatever next meeting that we're having around generating ideas about anything. I know when you were with Chick-fil-A full-time, you're doing a lot of work internally at the support yep. center with the team. Yep. And you always thought in the back of your mind, like, oh, this would be really cool to take to the restaurants. Like, oh, I wish operators could experience this with their director teams and with yeah. the leaders within the store. And you're getting to do some of that now and getting to work with teams in a lot of different areas, geographically and leadership wise. Explain what that would look like through Abound Innovation and what you're doing now and why that would be a source of value for people if they were interested in it. I always had hoped that eventually my team would have scaled to be large enough that we could bring what we were teaching on the ink side for staff to operators. Because every single time operators came to Hatch and we'd have conversations, they'd always be like, what's this innovation stuff? Like, I would love to learn. And there are so many restaurants out there. I was a, I was a team of two. <laughs> so myself and my boss, like we just didn't have the time capacity to go out. But whenever we could, we'd love bringing in operators and talking to them about this is the innovation process. Here are things that you can follow and, you know, all these things. We just didn't have the time. And I feel like the restaurant is ripe for innovation. I mean, that's where the sauce came from originally, right? And so yeah. it's like operators always are constantly faced with new challenges, new problems. So are the staff, all the team members. And so what if you had the ability to actually think differently, have more creativity, you know, talking about a uh, fear of messing up, getting, eliminating that embracing risk and embracing failure and, and learning how to reframe that, all those things. There's so many things that could benefit the restaurant. And so I would love, I mean, I, I actually kind of forgot about it until we got synced up again, Josh, I'm like, I'd love to help the restaurant think differently, like bring, you know, if you're trying to teach your team leadership skills and innovation skills, I can help with that because mm -hmm. this curriculum that I've just developed is really unique. And I love Chick-fil-A. I will always love Chick-fil-A. You know, <laughs> anytime I could be close to the Chick-fil-A's in some form or fashion, I'm always a happy guy. So, you know, just even talking to the, on the podcast today, I'm really happy to, to speak back to operators. I mean, I always a fan of what all you do, what you've done for people, the impact you're making in the community. It's incredible. And you think about if you can innovate and do more, you know, what kind of legacy will that create? So so good. It takes me back to, I think, two years ago at Next, Andrew Cathy gave the challenge to the whole audience to be pioneers, not settlers, and how that was going to be a big part of where Chick-fil-A is going in the near future. 
And you look even at the list, I think in that, in the hatch, it has like the wall of all the cool innovations that have happened. And so many of them have come from just individual restaurants because operators, like you said, have leaned into this idea of innovation and harnessing the brilliance of their entire team and turning bad ideas into good ideas and whatever else that looks like. You've added so much value already to this audience today. Leo, I can't thank you enough for doing that. I'll double down on what you said. I mean, I can't say enough good things about the operators, the directors, the leaders out there in the restaurants, in the communities that are making the impact, that are keeping people dry in the rain and running umbrellas out to the car and just dramatically shifting the way that they think about their experiences, but also the way that they think about how valuable they are. I I know that you and your wife got into that restaurant dry and you thought, oh, I feel so valuable that somebody would care for me in this way. So keep fighting the good fight out there. If you're listening, Leo, thanks for joining the show today. We could have extended this thing by three hours. So we may have to invite (laughs) you back to do another (laughs) session, but but thanks a ton, man. I really appreciate you. Hey, it's, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Everyone can innovate. Just listening to Leo talk about innovation has made me start thinking of all the new ideas for things I can do in different areas of my life to keep getting better. Couple of quick action steps for you. Number one, go follow Leo on social media. You can find him at everyone can innovate on Instagram or LinkedIn. I recommend both. Number two, subscribe to Leo's newsletter. Everyone can innovate newsletter if you want more practical ways that you can innovate. And then number three, if you have a team and you're leading a team and you want that team to think more innovatively, you can hire Leo to come facilitate some incredible workshops that will not only help them generate new ideas right now, but also consistently generate new ideas in the future. I'm gonna include some links to all of those things in the episode description. Go check that out. If you enjoyed this episode, please give the pod a follow and share it with a friend. We'll see you next time. Stay saucy.